have you ever had to use a crutch? I, I have. I remember when I was in the ninth grade, I, I broke my foot playing basketball. <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't realize I had broken it, and, but I kept playing on it. But then afterward, I ended up going to the ER. And they said I'd broken the bone on top. I remember having to go around using crutches. Man, I hated that. But I couldn't have walked without those crutches. You know, when you think about the word crutch, you think about uh, something that a person depends on for help, to be able to make it, to walk, to stay upright, to keep going. And the truth of the matter is, can I say this to us? Every one of us, every day of our lives, we have a crutch. That there is someone or something that we depend on or lean upon in order to make it. So my question to you is, what crutch are you leaning on tonight? Tomorrow when you get up and go to work and go to school, what, what, what crutch will you be leaning on? You see, every one of us will lean or depend on something tonight or tomorrow or this week, what or who will it be for you? What crutch will it be? Well, I want you to look at Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. In verse 5 down through verse 10, the prophet talks about that that Israel or Judah was depending on, that, that what, what was their crutch. These individuals were looking for help and calling out for help against the Babylonians. And yet one would think that they would call out to help from the Lord, but they weren't. They were calling on the Egyptians. They were looking at a, 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 a heathen political alliance to bring them relief or help or victory. We could even use this word to bring them safety and security. All of us as people, all of us have certain triggers or certain things that we run to whenever we feel like we lack a sense of security or a sense or, or a need for safety or a need, whether it be emotional security. Sometimes our ego gets wounded or bruised and we need ego security. Uh, our self-esteem, we get a court low on validation or affirmation. And so we'll, we'll go back to a certain default setting uh, in order to receive that validation. Sometimes we receive it by self-promotion verbally or by putting someone else down. And we think that that's bringing us a sense of security. Can I say this tonight? Let's, let's beware of those things, those signs, that evidence that we're reverting back to a, a, a carnal approach of leaning on someone besides the Lord. And that's the whole uh, point of the text here in Jeremiah 17, beginning verse 5. And tonight I encourage you, along with me, the main point of the text here is to embrace the God-dependent life. Embrace the God-dependent life life. Thus saith the Lord, Jeremiah 17, 5, Cursed be the man or woman that trusteth in man. 
In other words, cursed is that person that puts their trust in human ability, whether it be their own or the ability of someone else. <clears throat> cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Verse 6, For this person, he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and a land not inhabited. But verse 7, Blessed though is the man that trusteth in the Lord. That's interesting. Verse 5, he said, Cursed is the man that doesn't trust in the Lord, that trusts in everything else. But verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. It spreads out her roots by the river. and shall not see when heat cometh. And her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. But then notice this warning in verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. That's my heart, that's your heart. And desperately wicked. Then the question, who can know it? In other words, who can really discern what's going on in our own hearts? And then verse 10. Well, I the Lord... I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Embrace the God-dependent life. You remember the song that was popular several years ago? It's such a simple tune and a simple thought, but man, it's so true. I can't even walk, Lord, without you holding my hand. You're like, well, Christian, I know that. It's just simple. Oh, but friend, how many times do we not just attempt to walk, but we attempt to live. We attempt to do things and live life and go throughout our day in the energy of our own flesh. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, we can't even put two, two thoughts together unless the Lord helps us. We can't even do anything good or right or proper unless the Lord helps us. We can't even breathe unless the Lord gives us sustenance and that ability to do that. We do, it's not within man to, 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 to be able to even direct the steps, the Scripture says. Listen to Romans seven eighteen. For I know, Paul said, that in me, that is in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing. Philippians 3 3, for we worship God in the Spirit and we rejoice in Christ Jesus and we have no confidence in the flesh. Psalm 62, listen to this uh, uh, statement, this declaration by, by the psalmist My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before God. For He is a refuge for us. Selah. That means meditate on that. Think on that, as Chris Edmund says. Let that sink in just a minute. <laughs> 
God only is our rock. He's the only one who are, is our refuge. And Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. You trust the Lord, not in your own wisdom and ability every single day. So when are we tempted as believers to depend on the flesh? And sometimes we're tempted to depend on the flesh when it comes to making plans, making decisions. You see, the natural impulse for us is to be human-focused and not God-focused. Sometimes we're tempted as believers to depend on the, on the flesh in moments of temptation. Temptation to sin, an enticement to sin. Because you see, friend, the natural impulse is for us to do what is self-gratifying, not what is God-pleasing. Sometimes we're tempted as believers to depend on the flesh in responding to a crisis or a hurt. Because our natural impulse is to lash out and retaliate, not to show grace, patience, restraint, or mercy, but to get even. And even we're tempted to, as believers to depend on the flesh when it comes to doing what feels comfortable, easy, and natural. Because the natural impulse is to take the path of least resistance and not to do hard things or things that are difficult. So as we go through these six verses and analyze this truth about embracing the God-dependent life the Lord here gives us five reasons, five motivating factors in the text why we should embrace the God-dependent life. Let me give them to you quickly. Reason number one, he says in verse 5, that the flesh-dependent life is cursed. Now, he simply just says, the Lord says, cursed be the person who trust in man and maketh flesh his arm. The leadership in Judah was planning to solicit help from Egypt, the Egyptian army, for help to guard against the Babylonians. God says, listen, that's not where your help comes from. That's not what you need. You don't need to look to the Egyptians for your help. You're, you're calling on everybody else for your help but me, he says. It's interesting that the phrase there, the arm of flesh, makes flesh their arm, the arm of flesh. That was a statement in the Hebrew. Uh, it was a term that signified limitation, weakness. The arm of flesh, the fleshly arm, the human arm, human strength is failing, it's frail, it's limited. It comes to a point where it gets exhausted and there's no more strength. It's limited in what it can do. God said if you trust in that, and that's what you depend on, whether it be intellectually, emotionally, vocationally, financially, if you're depending on yourself, even spiritually, he says you're going to get to a point where at some point your resources are going to run out. Your cup is going to become empty. Your well is going to get dry. And that that you go to, to your reservoir, is going to run out. Because you and I don't have an endless supply. We don't have an endless supply of power, 
strength, wisdom, grace, mercy, everything that we need. We in ourselves are in another person don't have that endless supply. We find that endless supply only in one person, and that's the Lord Jesus. Not in a human, not in ourselves or anything else, but in Christ, Christ alone. No wonder George Duffield in 1858 that hymn writer, when he was writing that great hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, no wonder he said, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in His strength alone, because the arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. We dare not trust our own arm, our own flesh, our own strength or power, because God says here, Cursed. Cursed. Now the word is not just neutral, it's cursed. It's utter foolishness. The end result is demise and failure if you trust in your own flesh. So we learn that the flesh-dependent life is cursed. But then there's a second reason he gives us why we should embrace the God-dependent life because he says in verse 6, the flesh-dependent life is barren. It's frustrating. He said that those who trust in flesh, those that trust in man, verse 6, listen to what he said. He said, "For <clears throat> He shall be like the heath in the desert. That's an interesting comparison. A heath. What's a heath? Well, a heath, the word means it's a, it's, it's a barren, naked tree. It's parched and withered. And it's in the desert. It has no fruit. It's dried up. has no water source. It's been blasted by the wind, blasted by the heat. It shall not see when good cometh. In other words, it do, it's not going to produce any good at all, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land. In other words, uh, uh, where salt ground, where nothing else grows, and where nothing and no one can live. A land that cannot be inhabited, he said. And he said that's the outcome of individuals who trust in the flesh. That that they're wanting is not going to be materialized because it's, it's, it's barren. It's frustrating. Uh, F.B. Huey says that the person who trusts in self, in human resources, will have a dried up, empty life. God says, listen, don't depend on yourself. You depend on me. He said, because the flesh-dependent life is cursed. The flesh-dependent life is barren and frustrating. And then number three says, verses 7 and 8, the flesh-dependent life stands in stark contrast to the God-dependent life. <laughs> Listen to what he said about the God-dependent life. Verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Those whose life is dependent on God, that person's blessed, not cursed. The person whose hope is in the Lord. This person, listen how God describes that person. This person is going to be like a tree. Not that's sitting out in the wastelands and the salt land all dried up and withered. No, this tree, this person who's trusting in God is going to be planted by water, planted by river. And it's going to be fruitful and flourishing 
sounds just like Psalm 1 uh, verse 3, uh, that uh, the, 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 those who trust in God and blessed by God are planted by the rivers of water that bring forth their fruit in their season. Their leaf isn't going to wither and whatever they do is going to prosper. Same wording, same terminology here. He says that they're not going to see the heat, but their leaf is going to be green. They're not going to be fearful or careful in the year of drought. They're not going to have drought. They're not going to have barren seasons. Neither are they going to cease from bringing forth fruit. Look how blessed and favored the God-dependent life is. And here's the beauty of that, friend. When you and I simply come to the end of ourselves and we realize, man, Lord, I can't do this. I, you're my source. I'm leaning completely on you. God said, that's it. That's all I want you to do. I'll take care of the rest. I'll meet your need. I'll give you strength. I'll give you the power you need. You don't have to drum it up. I'll give it to you. If you just trust me and depend on me. Stop depending on yourself. Because the flesh-dependent life is cursed. The flesh-dependent life is barren. The flesh-dependent life is starkly contrasted with the God-dependent life. And then number four, the flesh-dependent life blinds us to reality. Wow, he says in verse 9, he said, now listen, he said, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. The heart's deceitful. In other words, it lies at every opportunity. It's deceitful above all things. It lies. It's deceptive. Your own heart and conscience don't, won't even tell you the truth about you. It doesn't let you see. It blinds us to reality. It never shows us the full picture. Never shows us the full picture about ourselves. Never shows us the full picture about sin. It lies to us about reality. God says don't depend on your flesh. You can't depend on yourself. That's cursed. It's barren. It's fruitless. It's frustrating. He says, hey, look how blessed the God-dependent person is. Then he says, if you depend on yourself, you can't trust that because your own heart's deceitful. Then he closes out in verse 9. He says that the flesh-dependent life is marred by unmitigated depravity. Listen to this warning. He says your heart is deceitful above all things. And watch this. That he said it's, 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 it's desperately desperately wicked incurably wretched he says there's only one cure for human depravity and that's the grace and mercy and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that's when self is killed we're crucified with Christ nevertheless we live Galatians 2.20 yet not I but Christ lives in us because verse 10, he closes out and he says, look, nobody can truly know your own heart. Who's going to know it? Who can know it? Who can know that? Who can discern that? There's only one. I, I the Lord, try the heart. I try the reins. I know. I see what's going on. I'm the only one that can. So why not go ahead and trust in me? Right where you are tonight, will you bow in prayer and will you say, Lord, help me to consciously be more aware of my utter dependence on you and help me to conscientiously, deliberately, intentionally lean upon you 
and pray that and say that. Say it out loud. Say it in your spirit. Say it every morning, every day. Lord, I depend on You. I'm desperate for You. I'm dependent upon You. I can't think right, think straight, walk straight, talk straight without You. Everything I need, I find in You. Nothing that I need will I find in myself or anyone else. Only in You. Embrace the God-dependent life. Let's pray together. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we need Your strength and Your help. Quicken us and make us alive with truth and cause us to depend on You. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you Wednesday night.